the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. New York Times poll does not look good for President Biden. The poll not only revealed a low presidential approval rating of 33 percent, it showed hardly any Biden support among voters under the age of 30. Young voters were key in the president's 2020 victory over Donald Trump. But now, according to the Times poll, a stunning 94 percent of voters under 30 do not want Mr. Biden to run again in 2024. Most of them think he is too old for another term in office. Greg Clugston, Washington. California Governor Gavin Newsom proclaiming a state of emergency for Mariposa County due to the effects of a fast-moving wildfire at Yosemite National Park. Thousands of people have been ordered to evacuate the fire that exploded, one of the state's biggest in the past few months. This is SRN News. Eric Metaxas wants to keep our representative government. We're our own leaders, so we elect people to do our will, right? We elect people because, you know, we can't all represent ourselves in government, so we get to choose whom we want in those places. And when that goes awry, you, if you don't take that seriously or care about that, how are you even an American? The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM 1280, The Patriot, and a chance for you to send your kid back to school with a $2,500 wardrobe. Yes, we're giving away 2500 bucks for a wardrobe spree. Head over to am1280thepatriot.com to sign up. Plus, you'll be able to help somebody else, too. Check out the website. You'll get the information. This is The Patriot. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer. Brad Carlson. Good afternoon again, conservative infidels. This is not Carlson. He has been sent to an undisclosed location for some R&R, I'm sure. This is State Senator Dave Osmick, president of the Minnesota Senate, sitting in for him today. Uh, Jack Tomzak yesterday thought I'd get the, the FCC on the case of AM 1280, the Patriot, and be kicked off the air. Well, I made it the first hour without getting kicked off. So, ha, na 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 boo boo to Jack Tomzak. Uh, so more guests coming up, but I have to, I had, I have to say something here about this in the last break that, uh, the, the real clear politics numbers have nothing but disaster spelled out in big letters for some poor old guy named Joe Biden. And he's currently at 37% approval by the RCP average. I can't, I can't believe that it's going to go up any farther than that. But I, I just screamed in laughter. And uh, the board op heard me over the other room. I laughed so hard that voters under 30 don't want Joe Biden to run for re-election. Why? Because he's too old. Well, you know what? There's another problem. He's too bad for America. He is he is stuck in the 70s or the 60s. I mean, you've got his wife trying to defend him recently, saying he's just had, quote, he's just had so many things thrown his way, unquote. That's, that's what you get from the first lady, trying to make excuses for a guy whose policies 
from day one were to create the energy mess we're in. Day one. He started that day one. And now, you, you know, two, almost two years later, the, the people under 30 are now paying attention, saying they don't want him. Well, who do you want? Bernie Sanders? There's an upgrade. There's an upgrade in 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 uh, in uh, in spryness. I mean, he's still a youngster, isn't he? Well, maybe not. Anyway, anyway, we're we're in the middle of politician palooza, politics palooza. I'm having all my crazy friends come over today. I guess is what you say. Or there's a song like that. Uh, but we've got a couple more guests, and the next guest up is a member of the Quitters Club, just like me. We talked about that earlier. Senator Michelle Benson is also leaving the legislature after completing 12 years of service. So how does it feel? Does it feel excited you're moving on to something? Do you feel like a weight has been lifted, or what's it like? I know what it's like for me, Senator Michelle Benson. What's it like for you? Um, Well, thanks for having me on, Dave, the the Quitters Club. Maybe for those people who want term limits, maybe it's the the do as I say. Club, um, you know, walk the walk. Um, there's a there mixed feelings because the uh, opportunity to serve in any elected office gives you a window and gives you decision making authority and puts you connected. And this is this is the key part with amazing people. Not everybody is. I, I put you know people in politics kind of into three groups, the users, the collaborators, and the advocates. There are people who are just there to use you. There are people who are there to collaborate with you for joint purposes. And then there are the advocates, the people who want good for you, just like you want good for them. And so I will miss those advocates and I will miss those collaborators. The users, they're still going to be there. Um, But it is, there's a wide open door now as to what I do next and I get to spend some time catching up with all the people who were important to me before I got an election certificate too and rebuild some of those relationships and my family took a really nice trip um, we were out in Yellowstone you know after the blizzard before the flood uh, I went white water rafting for the first time in my life so not running has given me some opportunities so you started your career in uh, in the Senate in 2010, and you started it, uh, and I, as I've been told, because I didn't come in until after the 12 election, you started it um, with a uh, an extra special package that was quote unquote delivered uh, in the form yeah. of your daughter. Yeah. Can, you, can you tell it? Tell the people about what it's like to be nine months pregnant and going through the first Republican majority in the history of the state of Minnesota and how you had and all the, all, everything you went through for that little episode in your life. Well, and we, we can't really go through everything, but when you've never done something and you're just determined to do it, you don't know it's hard. And so you look back and you're like, Oh, wow. <laughs> that was hard. But um, Amy Koch, who I, I still consider a friend, Michelle Fishbach, who is a friend and, and obviously now a Congresswoman said, all right, <laughs> This is going to be tough. She's going to deliver this baby during um, budget week where we have to get all of our budget bills pushed out. So they, there was a little alcove off my office, and, and my husband took some time, and my mom came down. And so my little girl got to come with me to work, and that really helped me succeed. And it's that eye-opening, other people will help you succeed. If you're willing to do the work, other people will help you succeed. And that was such a tremendous gift. And so my little girl has never known that moms don't work in places with marble floors, you know. And <laughs> and so on the on the day that I gave my retirement speech, she was there, and I left the floor, and we spent the rest of the day walking around the Capitol, all the places that she thought were special, because we both know that this time is coming to an end. And so we have some amazing stories of, of people we met, and there are so many people who know her and pray for her, Um, But I tell you what, that first majority 
taught me how important the work was and mentorship is. Um, Julie Rosen, who's also, as you say, part of the Quitters Club, <laughs> took me into her office and said, you've never presented a bill. You're coming before my committee. Let's practice. And so I learned that lesson and I've tried to do it for other senators in filling the gap that they might have. If it's not presenting a bill, but maybe it is how to approach a lobbyist or a member of the DFL caucus, things that nobody tells you about when they say, sure, you can run for office. So, so that was a, a really great time in my life. So um, one other thing that you got to do during your your tenure in 2016 when we uh, we won the election by one seat and we moved into the majority, you became chair of the Health and Human Services uh, Committee, which I have never had the privilege of serving on, thank God, and uh, which we lovingly call Hell and Human Sacrifice because it can be the most tedious, difficult committee to be on because it's one of the, it is one of the more important ones. Can you reflect on on your your time as chair of, of HHS and your successes and failures maybe of what you wanted to do or what you got done that really will stand out when you leave uh, at the end of the year? Um, I think some of the program integrity stuff that we got done is going to be the most important, and I hope that Republicans coming in after continue to dig in. Um, so when we think about health and human services, there are a lot of senators that don't know representatives, members of the public that don't know the Department of Health is on its own and the Department of Human Services is on its own. Um, so both of those budgets, the Board of Medical Practice, all the ambulance um, services, so health care from soup to nuts and care for the disabled and the mentally ill and people who are addicted and able-bodied people who are on our public programs and it is highly federally interfered with. Um, if there's a dollar from the feds that comes in, you can be sure there are giant strings attached to it. It interacts with the Commerce Department, um, obviously all the hospital and nursing home systems, assisted living facilities that weren't licensed prior to just a few years ago. And how do you, for medical professionals, for example, the cost of care is expensive access is really important. How do you make sure that medical professionals are available to people? Medical care is available. So physician's assistants, one of the things that we passed that Minnesota was the first to do, I carried the bill as a freshman, was advanced practice dental hygienists. And your listeners are saying, okay, I'm going to tune out now because she's talking about <laughs> wonky stuff. But this is someone who works with a dentist but let's the dentist practice at the top of their license. So if you just need somebody to look at an x-ray and see if there's trouble and determine there's no trouble, they can do that. But if there looks like there's a problem, they go to the dentist and say, okay, now we need your expertise to come in here. And so um, changing the way we deliver medicine is one of the really important things that a health and human services chair does and obviously then there was serving during a global pandemic i wasn't going to run in 2020 10 years was my promise to my family and then um february 27th of 2020 i got a call from the head of the infectious disease hospital that's here in minnesota and there are 10 in the country we have one of them and he had been a uh, battlefield surgeon so not somebody who gets shaken mm -hmm. easily. And he said, it's coming. And everything I see says it's going to be bad. And I need you to know we're going to need help. We need ECMO machines. We're going to need more people. So starting at that moment, I thought I can't, I have to run again. Not, not that nobody else could do the job. Nobody right. in elected office should think I'm the only one who can do the job. But I knew our hospital systems, I knew our nursing homes, I knew our nurses, I knew our doctors, I knew how to operate in the Department of Health and the Department of Human Services. I was in a leadership position at that time, and I really felt compelled to stay and finish that service and not just say, I promise 10 years, I'm done. And so I got to be health chair during the pandemic, and um, thanks be to God, I married a great man. And as I'm sitting 
on my bed in March of 2020. We didn't have Zoom, for those of you who go back in the Wayback <laughs> Machine, no Zoom. Um, so we're on state conference lines trying to look at documents that might be different versions and make decisions. And he, he said, just remember that if the information you have now is true, will this decision be the right thing in 30 days, 60 days, one year? You're working with adrenaline junkies, politicians and reporters. Seek energy in the moment. You have to be the one that steps back. And that was really good advice at that moment. Speak with confidence, not certainty. Um, start to understand you're working with a virus. We know how viruses work. Pay attention to that. And so being able to apply all of that in this space was a historic opportunity, and I'm so grateful that I was there. Senator Michelle Benson is with me. We are uh, talking about uh, issues and, and things and, and what we saw as retiring members of the legislature. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break, and then we'll come back with some more interesting stories. This is Senator Dave Osmick sitting in for Brad Carlson on the Closer Edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Is God calling you to share your educational gifts in a faith-infused environment? Teaching at Epiphany Catholic School is an opportunity to inspire children to use their talents to serve God. A chance to help form young people to make an impact in this world. If you're a Catholic teacher who truly desires to shape young minds to reach their fullest potential through a Catholic worldview, Epiphany Catholic School would like to meet you. At Epiphany, Christ isn't an afterthought, but the center of the school. We are a growing Catholic preschool through eight grade school near Minneapolis. We're searching for Catholic teachers who understand that teaching children isn't just a job. It's a calling to inspire students to become true and good. For more information about joining Epiphany Catholic School's teaching team, visit epiphanymn.org and look under the resource tab for job postings. That's epiphanymn.org. Epiphany Catholic School, forming saints and citizens for this world and the next. Visit epiphanymn.org. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and joy. As a former congressman and the ranking member on the Judiciary Committee of the U.S. House of Representatives, Doug Collins knows what it means to fight for what he believes. And on every episode of the Doug Collins podcast, he'll explore all topics from politics to life advice and blend them together for a well-rounded discussion that you can use to get the most out of your life. The Doug Collins podcast. Subscribe today on Apple, Google, Spotify, and at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. The Stone Arch Bridge, the St. Paul Skyline, Gooseberry Falls. You can own one of hundreds of iconic Minnesota images captured by award-winning Twin Cities photographer Wayne Moran for half the regular price. You'll get a signed 36-inch print of your choice for your home, office, or to give as a gift. Normally $500, yours for only $250. Only five of these special print offers are available. So call the station at 651-289-4413. That's 651-289-4413. Join our fan club today and you could win our Regnery Book of the Month, Storm in the Land of Rain. This memoir by Sylvia Foti uncovers the hidden past of her war hero grandfather. Register to win at am1280thepatriot.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, the closer edition. 
This is a hand-picked song. I am such a nerd. I'm, I'm on with Senator Scott or Sen- Senator Michelle Benson. Uh, she's somewhat of a nerd in different ways. I think she's described herself that way. But I'm an I'm an '80s nerd from music, and I don't really listen to much current stuff. But I ran into this song, and it's exactly the right song to talk about for us reminiscing. Uh, title of the song is "What If," and there's a lot of things that we would have liked to have gotten done and had gotten done. But uh, if I remember correctly, Senator Benson, you were on the Energy Committee with me, weren't you? I uh, Back in was the on the Energy the, Committee yeah, as, the a, as a freshman. And so I was on in 11-12, um, co-authored the... Um, lifting of the nuclear moratorium and cost-based rates and it was so much fun and then we went into the minority in six or in 12 you came in then and you and i were on john marty's energy and environment committee and oh my goodness okay so (laughs) a little glory day stuff nobody's going to care about but they were trying to pass a pretty radicalized um energy environment bill and Dave Tomasoni was more likely to vote with you and I as um, as some amendments were coming up. But we counted, and they didn't have enough of their people at the table. Yep. So I roll called an amendment, and their people hadn't checked in, and we got an amendment on that bill. They had to go through the trouble of adjourning and reconvening, and I'm sorry, it was fun. Uh, it was a really good lesson. Get your butt in seats. Make sure you're checked in. And that, so really good lesson and much fun. But, yes, you and I shared time on that committee. I can't remember. Were you on – if you were on Marty's committee, I was lead on that committee for the, la- the last two years of the minority, and I pulled a stunt, and I think you were there for this one. Uh, I was drawn away to Washington for my 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 regular time gig, and it was St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Remember what I did, St. Pat? It was I think it was one of the one of the St. Patrick's Patrick's Day. That uh, I'm a big. Oh, fan remind of. me that would have been that would have been Budget Week. We would have been trying to get yep. things out. So yep. remind me. So uh, Peter Mavis was my uh, my LA at the time, and uh, and actually I, I think I had another LA uh, that was that co conspired with me. So uh, these are the type of little stories that you don't get to hear about. But uh, I was stuck in Washington, and I couldn't. I had to go out for my my client. And it was St. Patrick's Day, and you guys were in committee, and I I to- ordered my legislative assistant to go over to McDonald's and get shamrock shakes for all the Republicans. Oh, I do remember. Remember this one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he brought him in, and I had him one extra one for the legislature, for the staff to be there. So every Republican got a shamrock shake, and they sat at the because you can you can't eat. There's rules in the Senate. You cannot eat at the committee table, but you can certainly drink anything you want. And you guys sat there and ate and, and drank shamrock shakes, and I know that Shame. got under the Democrats' <laughs> skin. <laughs> and, and it's not really a victory, but when you're in the minority, sometimes you got to take what you can get. Oh, yeah. And that certainly would have been uh, among it, yes. What are good yes, stories? You're always good for for. Dilly bars too. Oh yeah. I, I mean, you've you've done so many great things, and you're this you're principled conservative, and as president of the Senate, you have just shown that you're you landed in the right spot. Uh, but you know, M and M's at your desk, and not everything is food based, but <laughs> certainly when when you're you're in the um, sometimes the malaise and sometimes the frenetic nature of legislative session. Having somebody say, you know what, I got something for you, and it just lifts people up. You're you're really great at that, Dave. Oh, it it was it's always entertaining. I I, I will admit to one of the lowlights was the sixty six to one that I will never forget either. That I said, don't vote for know. this, and I'm the only one that hit, that hit that one. But you know what, I've gotten past it. It actually turns out to be one of those moments where I know I did the right thing and I stood doing the right thing. And after the fact, I think people realize that. But what are the other things? Senator Michelle Benson is with me. What other what other fun stories? Because we always, you know, it, it can be two o'clock in the morning and be mind numbingly bad. But 
Are there some other things that stand out or other highlights from your 12 years in the Senate that that you, that might be interesting to people for, for them to hear? Oh, my goodness. And it's so hard for people who aren't in the legislative process, but sometimes it's just the moment you're a little tired um, and you're with people who are – you've got that foxhole mentality, like it's us against the world. But when we were passing omnibus wrecks and – I was walking the back of the chamber and I was smiling and, and one of our staff said, why are you smiling? Cause it was, it was late and things were, uh, things were frenetic to say the least. And I said, well, I'm praying. And she said, what are you praying for? And I said that a giant asteroid will hit this building and none of us have to vote on this. <laughs> so it's things like that, that the public don't know, but sometimes you, you have to get through things and you do it by pausing, laughing a little bit. Um, if people of great faith around me and people of faith usually have moments of humor that people, other people don't understand. And that. Um, the combination of knowing the good of the people who are around me and their ability to laugh at me and occasionally with me um, was uh, was truly one of the best things. Again, it's the people that you work with that get you through the tough stuff. And one of the the one of the groups that we you know people don't think about, and we cert- I certainly do, and that's why you know the M and M's have been around for quite some time. And now I've got uh, four pounds worth of uh, Tampa Bay candy uh, taffy that's out, out at my desk that I'm sure is gone by now. Uh, but our staff are so underpaid, underappreciated, overwhelmed. Um, you know, we deal with so many different people and constituents. But I'm going to miss, I mean, I'll miss you guys. I'll miss senators. But, you know, I'm going to miss the staff as much as anybody else. Oh, I I completely agree. And that's why, um, so people don't know I stress bake. Um, that is one of the things I do. And, and every year during deadline week when I was chair, I would just have too much stress to sleep. And so I would bake cupcakes or I would put together a sandwich tray or something and I would bring it in the next day and my staff really really grateful because usually you don't get taken care of during deadline week but they knew that okay that was the tipping point we've now reached peak stress and we're going to things are going to start getting done in a very straightforward shall we say way but that was always a, a signal for them I will take care of you and here we go so well, and one of the things that I would I would uh, do uh, would would be go down to Sam's Club and get uh, Klondike bars and hit people in the forehead with Klondike bars as they were <laughs> staff members, staff members that are sitting yes. sitting around. I'd hit them with Klondike bars or just something to make their lives because they're they are incredibly. And I'm glad many of them are staying. Then you know, there's there's some of our our people are going to replace us, and you know, we're not going to be there, but. I'm glad that they're they're going to be there with some of that institutional knowledge because when you look at how many senators and how many years, I mean, including somebody like Tom Bach, who yes. who is who's has so much institutional knowledge that we're losing. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn for you know lousy ten years, but we're losing a lot of intelligent people out the door. And and the protection of the institution, not for the institution's sake, but because order helps people make decisions in stressful times. That's one of the one of the things that I would leave with whoever is coming after us. The rules exist for a reason. Don't try to go around them. Understand them. Know how to push on them. Test them. They are not sacrosanct, but they are important to understand. And you know, why why do we have the procedures we do on the floor? It's to help slow things down. So that we have clarity and and one of the changes that happened while I was there and I pushed against but not hard enough. And so one of the things I would count as a failure, the number of omnibus bills beyond, um, you know, it's one thing to have health and human services in the same bucket. It's another thing to have healthcare and education and environment and cram them all in one bill. And so I hope, and Pat Garofalo, representative in the House, has been chirping about this um, when he was on Twitter. Um, If he is Ways and Means Chair, I hope he follows through 
with the single subject. He will have a lot of influence on that. Um, not his responsibility. We need people coming in um, budget bills, keep them tight and keep them, you know, Department of Health and Human Services, keep that budget tight. Don't let a bunch of policy stuff or other unrelated things creep in. We had people with taxes in their spending bills. Um, so I, that I would mark as um, something that I didn't fight hard enough against. Yeah, and I didn't like the, in 2018, we did what some people have called Omnibus Prime, the 900-pager that even I think I agreed with Scott with uh, uh, John Marty about that it was way too big. Oh, absolutely. And and Senator Cohen had done the first one of those. And so once you pierce that veil, it takes a lot of discipline to come back. Um, and that was the one that Mark Dayton said, I'm just going to veto this. There's too much stuff in there. You're playing gotcha politics. Playing gotcha politics seems like fun. Yep. What it really does is just train people to do it to you. Thanks for calling. If you were lied to and buying a timeshare and worn out, you need my help. Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshare and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have 383 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. If you were told in a timeshare presentation that this was available today and today only, that timeshare was a great investment or your maintenance fees will never go up, call my office now. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch. Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-457-9220. 800-457-9220. That's 800-457-9220. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, the Closer Edition. Brad Carlson is on assignment. This is State Senator Dave Osmick sitting in for him for another 30 minutes on Politician Palooza Day. Just We're talking with uh, Michelle Benson. She is uh, part of the Quitters Club like I am, uh, moving on to greener pastures. You never know what's going to happen. You, you don't. Um, but... Uh, 
I've decided to not run, and we're talking with a few others. Uh, thanks, Michelle, for uh, and being a rookie behind the microphone and the Attila the Hun chair of Berg and, and Carlson. Uh, I was the guy who didn't lead the conversation quite right. We had to dump out for a hard break. My fault. That's how radio works. So uh, next, and my final guest is uh, a guy who has sat, sat behind me for Four, four long years in the minority, the dark years, as I, as we call them. Um, he is the dark lord of the judiciary, as I call him. Senator Warren Limmer is on the line. Senator Limmer. Yes, sir. Reporting for duty. Also known as the thief. Uh, I call hey, him the hey, thief. Hey. <laughs> I call him the thief. No, for... no, no. Don't bring that up in the election year. <laughs> for good reason. For good reason. Those. No, I... I yeah, I give him, I give him, I kid him about the being the dark lord. Uh, there's, there's so many things in the judiciary are so important. We're going to talk about the uh, the omnibus uh, or the uh, the last judiciary bill that uh, I was on the conference committee for. Still, I am on the conference committee right now. But um, yeah, the uh, the northern section of my district, which was really really good territory, was ceded over to Senator Limmer. So he is the uh, recipient of Osmic territory. And uh, I'm sure he's going to do well in the next election. Uh, so, Senator Limmer, you had the yep. omnibus public safety bill, of which I volunteered to be on the conference committee. I'm still trying to, I'm still going to therapy to try and get over that little decision I made. Um, but I want to talk to you about that because there's a lot of chatter coming from our friend in the governor's office, and perhaps. Carlos, Representative Carlos Mariani, uh, that uh, the the House had a much better version, that that violence disruptors and community organizers were where we should put our public safety dollars. Could you talk a little bit about the Senate version and why we had such a better bill? Well, we we definitely had a uh, difference of opinion on where we should be uh, committing our public uh, dollars, our taxpayer dollars, to, um, I believe, the uh, House DFL version was something they were uh, going into their social experimentation of public policy, wanting to give money to unvetted but friendly sources of nonprofit organizations to try and cure the causes of crime. And uh, they spent a lot. They were going to commit $56 million over a three-year period of time to that. We uh, were a little nervous about giving that much money to untested users of public dollars. Uh, we decided to look around and see what was happening in our metropolitan and statewide areas in the area of crime. We've had increases uh, in violent crime, 19% ongoing for the last few years. It started about two years before the George Floyd deaths, and it has even gotten worse after. Uh, However, we looked at it and said, gee, we have a surplus of dollars that we could use. We have a record-breaking violent crime erupting and sustaining itself in the Twin Cities, we thought the best use of taxpayer dollars to quell that violence, give our law enforcement the tools necessary to do their job, and at the same time, uh, encourage law enforcement personnel who are leaving the profession in droves, give them some incentives to stay in, stay in their jobs, as well as let's bring some transparency to other parts of the criminal justice system, which means let's find out why and who, which prosecutors are not prosecuting crime when police are arresting criminals. And if there was a conviction, are the judges doing their job of giving proper sentences, which many of them are not? They're uh, using what we call downward departures far below the recommendations that the legislature has set uh, in uh, prosecuting and uh, uh, punishing criminals. And these community so, uh, disruptors that they wanted to spend money on, correct me if I'm wrong, we don't have any information that proves what their effectiveness are is, much less that the money they're currently spending in Minneapolis on this. I think I've, I read that it's very, un, it's very 
not trans it's not transparent at all where the money is going to and what they're actually getting for the dollars you know dave um the state of minnesota over many years has used nonprofit organizations to fulfill some of the wishes that we would want to have done in a variety of fields however we've begun to take a look at it the uh, legislative auditor is now auditing many of those because the end result doesn't seem to justify the dollars that we have given them. And so while that's in the background and the report still has to come out, uh, we began to be very cautious on the Senate side, uh, giving money to a promise, a mere promise of unknown actors who are given a, a very heavy responsibility to quell violence. These are civilians. They're not law enforcement. They're, they're not even... Um, psychologists or anyone that would have a, you know, some degree in behavioral sciences, uh, some of them were even mentioned as former felons uh, that would be given millions of dollars to quell violence in the Twin Cities. I, we just thought there wasn't enough information, number one. Number two, um, they, they didn't seem to show any desire to quantify their work. And we just said, you know, the immediate we have an immediate problem we have immediate violent crime and we need immediate response senator warren limmer is with me he's the uh, chair of the senate judiciary committee senator limmer another thing too is during the process of this omnibus or this this conference committee um you know we had a budget target and it was agreed upon by the speaker of the house democrat and uh we last time i checked we continuously sent proposals back to the House, only to have them basically send back a, a, a different version or a counter-proposal that it was blown way outside of the budget rec- restrictions. They couldn't even follow what their leadership was telling them. Did, did, they, they couldn't do that, could they? No, usually usually in these type of negotiations, the leaders set budget targets, limits to what we can spend. And it's up to our committees to work within that parameter and for some reason, uh, every other committee seemed to to work within the limitations that were given to them. It's given so that we can get our jobs done uh, in the appropriate time. But we never really got, we present our bills within that target range. But the other side came in continuously all the way to the end. They ran out the clock at over $100 million more than what their target was given to them by their DFL leaders. It was really, really exasperating because we're we're supposed to come to a conclusion. We're supposed to come to an agreement, at least on dollars in our budget. That sets the policies in place of where we divvy up that money. And it just never came. These, these folks were never really serious, I don't believe, in ever coming to an agreement. And there was some help for the judiciary branch, too. Can you explain, Senator Limmer, can you explain we were helping the judiciary because there was a there's some pay issues that needed to be dealt with uh, or, or there were going to be consequences. Can you briefly talk about that? Yeah, we're uh, starting to see a departure of judges. They're, uh, at least the judges in the judicial branch, uh, they're starting to leave us. Uh, their pay is not keeping up with the national standard, number one. Number two, years ago, um, there were some really drastic cuts to the judiciary department or the branch of government, and we were trying to make amends on that. Uh, we increased their pay. In addition, we also recognized the staff of, of uh, the court uh, to get the same equal amount that a judge would get in percentage. And yet, uh, on the other side, it finally came down to the last few moments of the session where they finally gave in. They were only going to give increases to the staff in the judicial branch, but they didn't want to give any money to judges. And so that would just hasten the departure of more and more judges. And quite honestly, you need to have stability in the judicial ranks. Uh, You need accountability and you need to have a uniformity of application of law across the state. And that uniformity kind of gets lost if you had to suddenly hire all brand new judges that haven't really 
kept up with what other judges were doing, that uniformity is vital, and it's uh, vital for constitutionality purposes as well. It just every every step along the path on this last budget bill just seemed to be fraught with people that had their own agendas, their own inventions of of the process. And quite honestly, these these issues of criminal justice should never be uh, partisan in nature. Right, they should be worked out. Right. Uh, Senator Warren Limmer, chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, is with me. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the closer edition. Senator Dave Osmick sitting in for Brad Carlson. We will be back in just a few minutes with more with the senator. Stay tuned. AM 1280, The Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280, The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. The power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions and it just makes them better adults. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish. And we're from Oakdale. Jeff and Trish use the half-off tuition program for both of their sons' Christian education. That's half price for the first year of tuition at participating Twin Cities schools. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. Details at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. I'm driving a 2018 Elantra, red, my favorite color. Hi, I'm Rita from St. Paul. Well, when I first walked in, I felt welcomed. And I'd been at a couple other dealerships that uh, I gave an F to. And Justin was the first gentleman to wait on me when I took it in for my first service. And he's been the only person that I've dealt with since then. Can't say enough good things about him. On Christmas Day last year, I was on the freeway driving home. And all of a sudden, a red light came on. And the right front tire was low. And the next day, I called. And Justin answered. He said, only take a look at it and go in the waiting room and, and I'll get back to you. They found that there was a huge nail in the tire. And so he was able to get that all fixed up and replaced and sent me on my way home. Invergrove Hyundai was very welcoming. Service was excellent. Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InvergroveHyundai.com. Warning, warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Ride today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack Barbecue, Whether you're preparing for a typical Sunday morning or a special holiday service, you'll find an array of helpful, creative tools from Worship House Media. From countdown timers to sermon illustrations, visit worshiphousemedia.com. That's worshiphousemedia.com, a division of Salem Media Group. AM. 1280 The Patriot. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network Closer Edition. State Senator Dave Osmick, President of the Senate, sitting in. Last segment, I'm talking with Senator Warren Limmer, who sat behind me for four long years. Uh, won't be there next year to see him there, but um, we've had a, we've had some good times. Uh, we, we, we sat we sat together when we were in the minority, and um, there's nothing more. F- tedious than sitting through a floor debate when you know nope. you're not going to get that bill and you know you're not going to get an amendment you want. Drives you nuts sometimes. Uh, so, Senator Limmer, you were at a panel this week 
uh, the Minnesota Police and Peace Officers Association had a panel, and I understand there were some uh, uh, there was bipartisan, and there were some DFL uh, colleagues of ours, perhaps from the House, that were there, and. Uh, Sounds to me like there were some interesting conversations that uh, maybe some people might have seen the light on policing, that maybe they realized that uh, that uh, defunding the complete police might not be such a good idea. What happened at that conference? Was there anything real juicy that happened that on that uh, on that panel? Well, I think the most notable thing uh, wasn't so much on the panel, because after all, politicians running for re-election suddenly become really really sweet little teddy bears when when they're <laughs> asking people to vote for them and give them money for their campaigns. And they're very agreeable. But these are the very same people that were debating me incessantly for the last six years. Uh, and we stopped their movement. Their movement was defund the police. We stopped it cold. But nevertheless, uh, we did listen to the concerns of law enforcement and what they were facing, and quite honestly, our law enforcement is rather confused uh, about the nature of will their employers back them up when it comes to a practice in law or a tactic that they use. Uh, they're somewhat demoralized, and that's reflective of the many police officers who are now stepping away from law enforcement, stepping away from their uh, line duties, uh, some taking desk jobs, others are taking PTSD um, uh, rests, uh, kind of get their heads straight. They go through a lot. They see a lot. They see a lot of damage to humans. And uh, quite honestly, that takes a toll on them. But then when their employer, either the mayor or the city council or certain state senators and legislators, condemn them without ever knowing anything more about it than just the headline they read in the Star Tribune. Uh, quite honestly, many of them are just just tired and they're confused. And many of them are leaving the field. Even even students that want to study law enforcement, are, our enrollments are way down. We're going to have a crisis here in a couple of years if this continues. Well, look at Minneapolis. Right now, Minneapolis is down, what, 200, at least 200 officers from where they're supposed to be. Closer, closer, closer to 350, David. Yeah, 350 officers. I mean, think about the manpower hours that are not there. And and then and then Jacob Fry, who seems to be the only, I, hey, I can't believe this, I'm going to say this, Jacob Fry is the voice of reason. Boy, that really makes you wonder how he could be the voice of reason as opposed to the rest of the tinfoil hat crackpots that are on the city council that think that defunding the police is the way you get better policing, Senator, Senator Limmer. Well, it's it's not a way to get better policing, but it is a better way to uh, pander to your voting uh, constituency and to certain people groups, and then they get reelected forever, but... You don't really solve the problem. You know, we all take an oath of office uh, to defend and protect the, not only the U.S. Constitution, but the state constitution. Article 1, Section 1 of our state constitution talks about the purpose of government, and it's appropriate that it's on the very first paragraph. The purpose of government is the protection and security of our citizens. Somehow elected officials aren't reading the Constitution, and they don't understand their job or what the priorities are. When you, when you see that police departments are not resourcing, adequately resourcing their departments for law enforcement, you're putting all of the public at risk. As, and you're putting that particular employment class, the law enforcement officers, in danger. And yet there doesn't seem to be a hesitation to continue to go down this path. And the public catches on to it. I'm out door knocking almost every other day. And quite honestly, uh, that's a number, one of the number one issues that the t public is talking about. They get it. They understand what's going on. And I think they're going to be giving some very definite recommendations to, to uh, politicians this coming fall. Well, and look where we were back with the Floyd incident and, and, and the reaction of the Walls administration and 
Commissioner of uh, uh, Commissioner Harrington, and we we had a report that, uh, a year later that went through explaining the failures, systematic failures that we had, and suddenly now Tim Walz seems to think he's going to be the law and order governor. I don't get it. Yeah, it's kind of uh, let's patch up the dike real fast and uh, see if we can spin this yarn uh, to the voter before November. And uh, quite honestly, I don't. I don't know how anyone could believe the rhetoric coming out of the governor's office right now, uh, claiming that he's uh, such a crime dog, because quite honestly, uh, the four years that I've seen, it's just not there. That dog just doesn't hunt. And uh, quite honestly, as I look at it, we have a crisis. We have a crisis right now of runaway crime in the Twin Cities area. And we just came off a legislative session where the Democrats in the House, in our conference committee, simply opposed the provisions we had to support law enforcement to increase certain crimes on criminal sentencing and to bring transparency to prosecutions and judges. Uh, we're, we're not going down a good path when we don't have politicians and, law, and uh, legislators strengthening who they really take that oath for. They take that oath for the people back home, not criminals, but the potentiality of victims. Yeah, and, and plus they then they got cute in, in conference committee and said they wanted to do block grants, just start writing checks to cities to let them make decisions. Well, we know exactly what Minneapolis would do if we just sent them a pile of money. They'd hire more community organizers and more hug therapists. Yeah, fifty-six million dollars was in the in the queue there. We, it, luckily, it did not pass. But fifty-six million was their cure over three years to uh, build more uh, community advocates, activists, in order to go through some charade that they're going to solve crime in the bowels of Minneapolis and St. Paul with prosecutors that many most of the time don't prosecute. Uh, criminals anymore and uh, this is you know law enforcement that panel they kept reinforcing if you don't enforce the little things in a society they grow into big things really fast and then you have to spend even more money more investment more taxpayers are going to get gouged when when the work really could have been done up front in a reasonable realistic manner Right. Senator Warren Limmer has been with us. Thanks a lot for stopping in, uh, Senator, and I hope to see you in a, you know, maybe in a week or two. I don't know if we're going to have a special session, but uh, I will be convening the Ethics Committee uh, on Wednesday. We'll continue that effort. Uh, and it's been a great time sitting in for Brad Carlson. Uh, it's something I don't get to do. I've, I, I did college radio many, many years ago, uh, but we did uh, we did college radio, and it was it was a lot different than sitting in, down here in the bunker in the uh, in the chair. But uh, great time! Thanks, Brad Carlson, for letting me uh, let me host. It. This has been the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM twelve eighty, The Patriot. See you later. The Stone Arch Bridge, the St. Paul skyline, Gooseberry Falls. You can own one of hundreds of iconic Minnesota images captured by award-winning Twin Cities photographer Wayne Moran for half the regular price. You'll get a signed 36-inch print of your choice for your home, office, or to give as a gift. Normally $500, yours for only $250. Only five of these special print offers are available. So call the station at 651-289-4413. That's 651-289-4413. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and joy. 
What you don't know about your home can cost you. Access to in-depth data is gold when buying or selling your home. With Ownerly.com, you get the information the pros use. Real estate investors and agents would rather keep this to themselves. Unlike other real estate websites, Ownerly.com delivers much more detailed information about a property. Knowledge is power. Need a home valuation? Get up to three with Ownerly.com. Go for the gold. Visit Ownerly.com. That's O-W-N-E-R-L-Y.com. Ownerly.com. Paid for by Ownerly. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late-inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. AM 1280. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.